is the WHL This Week Radio Edition, presented by the Western Hockey League, the WHL Broadcast Partners, and Bauer Hockey. Here's your host, John Keane. And welcome to the show. Ahead, we'll break down the biggest moves of what was a quieter WHL trade deadline day. The big one, Vancouver Giants sending their captain, Justin Sordov, to Edmonton. We'll hear from Sordov in moments. A WHL referee is Beijing-bound. Michael Campbell has drawn an assignment at the Olympics for the men's hockey tournament. He'll be our guest. And the WHL Player of the Week is Lethbridge Hurricanes forward Justin Hall. He'll come in to wrap up our show. First up. A massive deal coming in just under the wire on Monday is Justin Sordeth going from the Vancouver Giants to the Edmonton Oil Kings for a pair of first-round picks and forward Jacob Boucher. Now, before Sordeth flew off to Edmonton to make his Oil Kings debut the next night, he spoke with voice of the Giants, Dan O'Connor. Justin, um, I know the past hour or so has been a total blur, but um, to the very best of your capabilities, can you just sum up the... Uh, the emotions of today and sort of the initial reaction when you heard the news? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you get excited a little bit um, knowing what kind of team they have in Edmonton and at the same time, you're pretty devastated. You know, you've been drafted into this organization. Um, you've played here for the past four, four and a half years. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed being captain and being a part of this organization and just growing up in the lower mainland. Um, so it's really tough to leave behind. Um, I loved all my teammates too, and to see them um, get emotional, it's pretty upsetting. And I know I'll see some of them, you know, in the future, whether it's in the spring or the summer. But um, no, it's a, it's pretty difficult to process. So yeah, it's uh, mixed emotions. Was it expected? Was this something that where you woke up today knowing that this was a possibility? Uh, yeah, I definitely woke up today knowing this was a possibility, but if he had asked me that a week ago, um, I didn't think so. Uh, I thought we were just going to uh, continue forward with the team we had, um, see uh, where we could go and how good we could uh, become. But, you know, unfortunately, uh, uh, things didn't go as planned and, um, you know, we're, we're here where we are now. And I just uh, wish my teammates nothing but the best moving forward. And, um to, to you know to carry on with uh, a lot of passion and compete because uh, no they still got a really good team here just an opportunity now to speak on behalf of yourself and on behalf of your family a message to the fans and a message to the organization uh i just from the bottom of my heart i want to thank the the entire giants organization um ron toygo uh michael dick uh uh, Pete Toygo, uh, Mike Bernstein, obviously you, Dano, Keith McCambridge, uh, Jamie Heward, um, just all of the coaches I've had. Uh, Jameson was a good, great video coach for us this year. Um, Paul Fricker was a huge influence for me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I've had Michael Dick as a coach since I was 16. And, um, you know, him and Jamie uh, for the first two seasons there really helped me out. Um, and then Huey ultimately ended up leaving. But, um, yeah, no, Keith was amazing as well. And I just want to thank the entire uh, organization again, the fans um, cheering loud for us every every game, um, especially in the playoffs there against Spokane and Prince Albert. Um, it's just a lot of memories I've made. And, yeah, I can't thank everyone enough for what they did. This is the WHL This Week, presented by Bauer Hockey. The Lethbridge Hurricanes making a pair of moves. One was a swap of 20-year-olds with Medicine Hat to bring in forward Carson Hopwo. It's a rare trade with a rival as Hopwo leaves Medicine Hat and heads down the Crow's Nest Highway to Lethbridge. Um, pretty crazy day. Uh, sad day as well. But, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm, I'm 
looking forward to, to starting some games and, and getting getting to know everyone here. Hopwell admits there's been some bad blood in the past with now his new teammates. Yeah, um, a little bit awkward. Uh, we've definitely uh, between the team, two teams we've had uh, had our differences, but um, no, it's it's exciting. Get to meet new guys and uh, get to know their, them personally. So I think uh, it's going to be good. Hurricanes general manager Pete Anhold commenting on his day, a veteran of trade deadline day. He addressed the two deals. Uh, really hard to move good guys out, but I guess when you when all in all when you look at it, we feel we've added a real good player in Hopwo uh, as an overage, and he should he should give us something and. With Edwards coming in, we add a, a young center iceman that uh, we think can give us something too. So I think it's, a, it's an opportunity for other guys to step up. In Kamloops, the Blazers made a trio of moves. They sent 19-year-old Josh Pillar to Saskatoon due to a personal medical issue. He'll go back to his hometown of Warman near Saskatoon and play for the Blades. You know, really glad that, that Saskatoon was interested in working with us to, to make it happen. It's very uh, tough to replace a player of, of Josh's caliber. He's he's been a you know one of our top forwards all season long. He was a he was a one of our top players last season. So it's a difficult situation for sure. In another move, the Blazers acquired 20-year-old Luke Toporowski from the Spokane Chiefs. Luke has been a, a high-end player for a number of years. He's got some great skill. Um, he's established himself as a very effective. Score, capable of playing hard minute. He's definitely got some grit. He gets under guys' skin. So he's, he's going to give us a little bit of a different dimension, I think, that we need. As well, Blazers sending 17-year-old forward Ty Spencer to Regina for 19-year-old centerman Drew Englott. You're listening to the WHL This Week Radio Edition. 11-year WHL veteran official Mike Campbell is off to an opportunity of a lifetime. Sure, he's been overseas at other IIHF events, but he will be off to Beijing for the Winter Games here starting next month. Joins us on the line from Surrey. Hey, Mike, congratulations on that posting. That's got to be something you've always worked towards. Hey, thanks, John. Uh, yeah, honestly, it's, uh, it's a huge honor, obviously, getting selected to go to the Olympic Games. Uh, when I started uh, I don't know, 11 years ago, like you mentioned, don't would never have said that was ever something that I, I dreamed that would be a potential for me. But uh, honestly, it's just it's been a bit overwhelming being uh, being selected and kind of, um, you know, feeling the honor of being able to go and represent the country. But but this is something you work towards, right? Like you've had numerous assignments at the world junior level over the years, you know, from the IIHF, that this is basically, you know, the, the culmination of that. This is something that, you know, I wouldn't say comes out of the blue, right? Because you've been targeting this, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. I would say probably in the last few years, it maybe became more of a reality and uh, getting involved with the IHF probably about five, six years ago was kind of when I got my uh, feet kind of wet with uh, – with international hockey, um, worked a little bit of the Hockey Canada events to like the World Under 17s and World Junior A Challenge. So, um, kind of getting international experience through Hockey Canada, and then um, getting my feet wet doing the World University Games. Kind of opened the door to working some IHF championships, and then uh, yeah, then like you mentioned, had had the opportunity to work a couple World Juniors, World uh, World Men's Under 18 as well. So, um, kind of just worked my way up the ladder to to get to this point. 
Now, when you get to Beijing, I'm sure you know your assignments already. Uh, men's side, women's games, uh, what's sort of going to be the plan for you over there? So it will be the, the men's side. So there's there's the there's the men's and the, the women's games, obviously. They do have a full crew for the women's um, assignments that are they're all uh, female officials. Uh, actually, one of our officials, Alex Clark, is going as well uh, as a lines person to represent the country. So it's really lucky for our league that we have two officials working uh, to be able to get to go and represent and be able to represent both sides of the tournament. And she's also been on this show already earlier, bases out of Moose Jaw. Uh, Mike, you know, you mentioned it's the men's tournament. Uh, no NHLers going over to represent. I- I'm sure that would have been nice. I-, I know it wouldn't change the way you operate, but uh, you were talking about the-, the best players in the game from around the world. I'm sure that would have been nice to work those games in that environment. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it honestly, it, it kind of... Uh, it, it actually probably opened up a, an opportunity for me to honestly get to go and do this tournament. They do uh, send NHL officials, uh, which would have cut into the uh, uh, amount of guys and girls that would have got to go. Um, so for me, this probably actually opened up an opportunity for me able to work this tournament. So as much as it would have been been nice to go and work uh, NHL players at the at the top stage, um, it probably in the long run ended up benefiting me. You know, I know your your role is to go over there and and call games and really focus on that. But are you going to take a moment to sort of take in your surroundings and just say, "Hey, this is the Olympics. I mean, this is you know the top event in the world, a historical event." And I'm here and I'm working. Are you going to take that opportunity for yourself? Absolutely. Um, you know, like it, you're going to have to cherish the moments, uh, kind of through the years of officiating. You know, sometimes when you're at the rink and you're focused on your task, you kind of get uh, kind of closed in on things and you don't kind of take a moment to enjoy things. And I think the last couple of years here, especially um, just as, you know, you look back at some of the, the things that you've, the lucky things that you get to do and some of the places you get to go. Um, I, I definitely think I'll, I'll be able to do that. I'll be there with a couple other Canadians as well that I've, I've worked uh, some hockey with through the years, through whether it's through hockey Canada, through international, through other leagues, um, um, so it's going to be nice to be able to share that moment with them as well. When you're calling Western League games and then, you know, double IHF games and now Olympic games, does does the standard change from league to league or, or association to association at all? Do you have to change the way you officiate? Not a ton. Um, used to be with the IHF, there there used to be some rule differences that we would have to, to adapt to coming from uh, North American style to the international game. Uh, this This last year, they've actually... Uh, adjusted the rule book to uh, mimic the North American style rule book. So it's actually going to be a little bit easier making that transition. Now I won't be having to use the 10 hour flight over to study the ins and outs of the international rule book anymore. But uh, yeah, so that, that, that was basically the main, um, the main thing that you'd have to kind of to take into account when you go work an international tournament. The other thing too, would be working with, um, officials from other parts of the world that uh, interpret things differently and, and, and they apply rules that maybe a little bit differently in their, their home leagues. So kind of just have to, you know, take each game by game and uh, talk to the officials that you're working with just to make sure you're on the same page before you hit the ice. I want to ask you about this. You've been at it 11 years. Uh, I'm going to say, you know, the, uh, the aura or sort of the, the reputation around official has changed in the last 11 years. At least that's what I see. I think it's, it seems like it's cool to be an official now, or maybe it wasn't 10 years ago. You look at Wes McCauley, he's getting all the attention for his, you know, his penalty calls. Is it cooler now to be an official uh, at a high level than it used to be at all? 
I, I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Wes has definitely made, Wes has definitely put a face uh, face to officiating first. That's for sure. Um, but no, I think I think what's what's kind of come about in the last maybe few years is just being allowed to show your personality a little bit more. Officials before were a little more robotic in how things things were handled. I guess um, you know you did used to have the big personality officials back in the day that. Uh, you know, in the three official system, you'd, you'd see kind of um, a little little pizzazz, a little little personality out there. But outside of that, when you, you didn't see that throughout the staff, so I think I think now um, showing that personality and and being able to kind of open up that line of communication, I think I think that just shows the personal side of things. And I think players, coaches, um, they kind of connect with that a little bit better rather than. The, the roboticness that uh, maybe some of the uh, some of the officials in the past, or I mean, even myself, I probably did that as well, even in my early years, whether it was nervousness or just inexperience. Um, but yeah, I think I think it comes down to being able to show your personality now. Mike, you work with uh, young officials and, and mentor as well for for younger age groups and levels here. What's the state of officiating right now? We, we've heard a lot about minor hockey associations having trouble finding referees for various reasons. Uh, but you know, you're right there on the front lines. What's it like right now? Uh, like to not to put, not put it lightly. I mean, it's obviously it's not not best case scenario. We're losing officials um, left, right, and center, and and it, I don't know if you can really put your finger on one one thing that is uh, is causing those issues um but if i can maybe jump on my soapbox a bit and just you know shout out to the people if you haven't tried officiating it's it's definitely worth a try you know i started when i was 12 as a as a job rather than doing paper route or or getting a a part-time job in my my teenage years I, i i went to the rink instead and it was a great way for me to stay on the ice um get extra ice i was still playing up hockey and and uh, found it found it a good way for me just to be involved get get my legs moving be on my skates and uh it, it made me understand the game better and, and gave me a different perspective of of how things are are going on the ice and um yeah I, I, it, you know we we need officials right now i think you know across across bc hockey i can speak for bc hockey just being involved with them um we have tons of games that are going with officials that, that there are not enough officials basically on the ice, um, where there's one official, two officials out there when we need three or four. Um, and we just, we need, need people to be interested. And, and, uh, and if, if it's for you, maybe give it a try. Our guest has been Michael Campbell. He's an 11-year WHL official and now an opportunity of a lifetime next month to work the uh, Beijing Winter Olympics on the men's hockey tournament there. Uh, Mike, thanks for being such a great guest, and we want to wish you the best of uh, luck. And, boy, what an experience for you, and, and thanks for being our guest here on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, John. The Western Hockey League Player of the Week. Lethbridge Hurricanes overage forward Justin Hall posting back-to-back hat-tricks in consecutive games, finishing the week with eight points and four outings, picking up the WHL Player of the Week award. He spoke with voice of the Hurricanes, Dustin Forbes. Justin Hall, the reigning Player of the Week of the Western Hockey League. Uh, let's start there. Uh, your week, pretty good. When was the last time in your life you had back-to-back hat-tricks? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, never. Maybe on the ODR. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember anything like that, but it was pretty sweet to do, yeah. Talk about the weekend that you had individually. Uh, the back-to-back hatch is, is a feat that doesn't get accomplished very often. Just what was working for you? 
Uh, I don't know. I think, you know, me and my line mates clicked really well. You know, me, Fax, and Wormy, we've been playing really good together, and we kind of hit an- another level, you know, on the weekend there. Um, and I just felt good, you know. I felt fast, you know, felt poised, and made some plays, and, you know, scored a few goals, yeah. Alex Thacker and Logan Wormald, uh, the two guys you referenced to your line mates. So what's the chemistry like? You guys have been together for a couple of months now since Logan came up, uh, the 16-year-old. So when you have the consistency and chemistry that you guys have, what does that do for a player? Yeah, it's huge uh, knowing you're on the same line, you know, for like a few months now. You know, not really worrying about who you're going to play with, you know, what they're going to bring to the table every game, you know. I kind of figure out what Thax is going to bring, what Wormy's going to bring. You know, it makes it a lot easier to play my game, and we all fit really well together. Last year you had such a good year in that bubble-type season. Uh, when you were going into this year, did you have numbers in mind that you wanted to accomplish? As we speak right now, on pace for over 40 goals. Yeah, no, I had numbers in my head, you know. I wasn't too focused on it. I kind of just wanted to play play good game by game more, um, not looking at a full season total, really, not being too focused on that. But, uh, you know, 40 goals is definitely a number that I'd love to hit. Um, so I'm going to keep keep going for that when you look at this opportunity for you it's your last kick at the can in the western hockey league uh, what does the future right now and have in mind for justin hall what, what's on the radar uh well hopefully playing pro hockey next year so uh, that's what i'm looking at right now and uh you know we'll see what happens in these last uh, 35 games here there's a lot of hockey to play so we'll see you never really know yeah, let's talk about that. You guys will have 38 games in 71 days starting this Friday through until April 2nd. Uh, as a player, you, I imagine you got to love that. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of hockey and a lot of, not a lot of days. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of ice time, you know, a lot of minutes. It's going to be hard, but uh, we all play hockey for a reason. We love it. So, uh, you know, we couldn't ask for much more than that. This is a team that's right now, as we speak, in a playoff spot, the last one. Uh, is that the main goal for your group right now, uh, post-trade deadline and looking ahead? Yeah, we look at our roster and we think we're uh, no doubt a playoff team. You know, as a 20-year-old, I want to be in that playoffs. You know, I've only had one chance to be there before. Um, so, you know, it's, it's without a doubt our, our number one priority right now to be in playoffs. Um, and it's something that we think we can do for sure. All right, Justin, congratulations on the Player of the Week. Yeah. Continued success. Thanks, Forbesy. Hey, that's the show. Thanks to Dan in Vancouver, Dustin in Lethbridge for their help. I'm John Keane. Thanks for listening. This has been a presentation of the Western Hockey League in cooperation with the WHL broadcast partners and Bauer Hockey.